Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the long-awaited District 5 episode of The Council, where we will be discussing the rise and reign of current city councilor and candidate for Suffolk District Attorney, Ricardo Arroyo. Now, the research that I do for these episodes always at first seems like a chore, and then I go down a rabbit hole, and then another one, and then another one. And I think in doing so, I might have a little bit of a better picture of who Ricardo is than I did about an hour and a half ago when I started this. And now it is impossible for me to talk about Ricardo without also talking about his brother and his father. So this episode might actually feature him the least out of the four I did for the at-larges and the other three that I did for the other district counselors, because I think very much his family and the legacy, of particularly his father, is the horcrux that both got him into political office and direction towards his general ambitions. But before we do that, we got to rewind time a little bit. I'm going to talk about his father and his brother in a moment. But Ricardo was born in Hyde Park. His mother, Elsa, is a retired Boston public school teacher. And Ricardo himself is a product of BPS schools and received his Bachelor in History from the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, and his JD from Loyola University in Chicago. And that, for me, is just a very interesting juxtaposition to Michelle Wu, as I didn't know that Ricardo also had a connection and attachment to the city of Chicago. So from July 2007 through that summer, he was a youth outreach worker for the Boston Center for Youth and Families. He was then an intern the next year with the Massachusetts Democratic Party. So already we start to see some larger political ambitions. He interned with SEIU 1199 as a member of the labor organizing team. He phone banked against what was question one in 2008, which would have eliminated the state income tax. So he was on the right side of that. And then moved over to Chicago, what's looking like in 2012. And while maybe he was also pursuing his JD at the time, he was a legal intern with the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. A few months later, became a law clerk with the Federal Defender Program, and then actually moved over to D.C. for a month, where he was part of the Future Latino Leaders Law Camp Counselor. But then from there, I think he returned back to Boston because 2013 was a big year for his brother. And in 2015 to 19, he was a trial attorney here in Boston from 2015 to again 2019. So that is all the ramp up before, in 2019, when he enters into his first political race to be the District 5 city councilor, and spoiler alert, he wins. And District 5 is basically all of Hyde Park, and then maybe a little bit of West Roxbury, a little bit of Rosendale, a little bit of Mattapan. But it is primarily the Hyde Park district. And he currently lives in Hyde Park with his partner Jennifer, and they have two dogs named Penelope and Gideon. But now we need to pause there, and before we get into the dynamics of that 2019 race, talk about his family. Because throughout the campaign, every news article that covered this race began by explaining who Ricardo's father was. It's literally almost the first, if not the second sentence in any of the about the candidates that you see. So Felix D. Arroyo, that middle initial is important, Felix D. Arroyo, born in 1948, was raised in public housing in Puerto Rico by his father, and now this would be Ricardo's grandfather, was a World War II veteran and a police detective, and his partner, so again, Ricardo's 
grandmother was a garment seamstress and an ILGWU member. He then received his undergrad and master's in secondary education at the University of Puerto Rico and then moved on to Harvard University, MIT. And in 1981 and 83, he ran for the Boston School Committee and he was the first Latino to run citywide for that seat and the first Latino to ever pass a primary in that seat. He then found, I don't believe he won though, he then founded the Latino Democratic Committee, which was a statewide Latino political organization in Massachusetts, served as the Latin American Affairs Director for John Kerry, served in Ray Flynn's administration from 85 to 92, then I think was either appointed or elected, I forget if 92 is when we switched, officially to all, all of them as a member of the Boston School Committee. He served on that until 99, and then ran for the Boston City Council for the at-large position in 2003, where he originally placed fifth, but then was seated after someone resigned, was re-elected later that year, and in 2005, but in 2007, was knocked off the City Council. But a few years later, he then ran as the register of the probate that he still maintains today in 2014. And I believe what the probate and family court does is they handle court matters involving children and families. So issues like divorce, child support, things like that. So again, that's a royal's father. That is the patriarch of the family, who again, first in his family to go to college, served on the campaigns of cabinets of US senators, Boston mayors, and still is a very prominent figure within Massachusetts politics. And him being Felix D. Arroyo has five children, and he's a grandfather of six. And so of those five, I believe only two have really sought higher political office. I could be wrong. Cut me some slack. But the first being one of Ricardo's, I believe, older brothers. And now his name is Felix G. Arroyo. That's why I said that middle initial is important. So Felix D. is the father. Felix G. is the brother. And now we have to get into a little bit of him. Because I actually think his story is what finally activates Ricardo into office. So let me explain. The brother Felix, also... Born here, attended BPS schools, received his master's at Southern New Hampshire University, and was the Northeast Action and Political Director for the Service Employees International Union Local 615. And in 2010, became an at-large member of the Boston City Council. And he came in second place during that election. And we also see a very notable Ayanna Presley, who came in fourth in that election, and in fifth place, a Tito Jackson. But Felix makes it in. And he was re-elected again and again. And in 2013, with that open mayoral seat, same one that, of course, Marty Walsh ended up winning, Felix also entered this election. And he gets relatively crushed. Looking at the numbers now, Marty won the September prelim with 20,800 votes. In a close second was, of course, John Connolly, who had 19,400 votes. I'm rounding a little bit. Then in that race, we had Daniel Conley at under 13,000. There was a, a Charlotte Ritchie who came in third. She had 15,500. And in a second tier, we see Felix down at 9,895. But again, at-large city councilor for two cycles, son of a very prominent member of Massachusetts politics. So Marty Walsh taps him as the Chief of Health and Human Services. And he was the first cabinet-level position that was announced by Marty. And now this is where things get interesting. 
Now, I don't have the exact date, but Felix was suspended around early August of 2017 over allegations of sexual assault and sexual harassment. Just reading from a Globe article from August 6th. City officials have been hushed by the suspension. Walsh has said only that there was an internal inquiry into the Arroyo, again, talking about Felix, the brother, but has declined to elaborate. Boston police say they are not involved in an investigation of Arroyo, but the city's law department is looking into the matter, officials confirmed. And now by the end of August, he has been fired. I'm going to read now from a 22 News article. A top Boston official has been fired over allegations he sexually harassed a woman who worked for him. Felix Arroyo, again the brother, was dismissed Thursday from his job as Chief of Health and Human Services. He had been on paid administrative leave since July 28th. So that July 28th is when he was first put on leave. However, city spokesman Laura Ruggeri says Arroyo was terminated, quote, after a comprehensive internal investigation. A woman who previously worked for Arroyo fired a complaint last week saying he made sexually inappropriate comments and grabbed her bottom. The woman's complaint with the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination also said Arroyo grabbed the back of her neck after she contacted the Human Resources Office in July. So by end of August, the older brother is fired, we'll say in disgrace. And again, I've been somewhat loosely going off of Wikipedia. I mean, I'm not paid to do this, so sue me. And Arroyo's accuser initially filed a complaint with the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination. However, that was withdrawn in November of 2017 in lieu of a civil suit against Arroyo in the city of Boston that was filed in March 2018. As of March 2020, the case was still active and had not yet gone to trial. And I have not looked further into it if it did end up going to trial. I am not familiar with it going to trial. I didn't even know this was a thing, to be completely honest with you. I knew he had a brother that was also involved in politics. That was about it. But it just stands out to me that after being fired in 2017, mid to late 2017, the next available cycle, Ricardo jumps in. And now to reiterate, Ricardo is also, of course, the son of his father, Felix, all the way back in 2008, he was interning with the Massachusetts Democratic Party. So I'm sure he had larger political ambitions well before this. But it does just strike me in terms of the timing from when his brother was fired to the next cycle Ricardo enters. And I am curious to what extent, maybe psychologically, Ricardo felt a pressure that now that his older brother is somewhat out of politics, the need to jump in. As a younger brother, I am just psychologically curious. So you can take with that however you wish. But now we can jump back to 2019. So Ricardo's race. And now the primary is held September 24th, 2019. Looks to be very low turnout. Ricardo is the front runner with 2,236 votes. And in second place at 1,814 votes is Maria Estal Farrell. And she was the education advisor to Tim McCarthy. And I have to imagine Tim McCarthy looked around at the political landscape in 2019 and thought, I'm about to get crushed because he declined to run. And Tim was probably the most conservative member on the council, if not the most, definitely one of them. He took a lot of flack at Maria's preliminary party. And I have to read it. Here's the headline from bossandmagazine.com video. Boston City Councilor Tim McCarthy brags about winning against women and minorities. In the subtitle, he was celebrating the second place finish of Maria Estelle Farrell. I'm going to quote, because it's referenced in the article, uh, Chip from Twitter. Speaking to a virtually all-white crowd, Boston City Councilor 
McCarthy for Boston, said this is about Farrell's win in the prelims. We ran against women. We ran against minorities. We ran against nonsense people. But because they don't have the boots on the ground, dot, dot, dot. And again, this guy, after the straight pride parade, he tried to ban wearing masks in public. And this was again in, I think, 2019. So yeah, that wouldn't have held over very well a few months later. And I cannot figure out what he's doing currently. So if anyone knows, let me know. But again, in that race, Ricardo takes the top preliminary spot out of a race of eight people. And in the final general election, November 5th, 2019, Ricardo wins 53% to 44%, or just about. He ran unopposed. Well, that's not true. He had an op- he had someone running against him this cycle, but it was an absolute blowout to the point that I mentally consider him running unopposed. He ran against, or someone ran against him, John White, and John picked up about 24%. And that's basically a protest vote. If you ever run heads up against an incumbent, you can probably get 30%. As again, just a protest vote. No one even needs to know who you are. And now for Ricardo's time on the council has been somewhat of a mixed bag for me. Because I remember when he was interviewing for the Right to the City Vote Coalition's endorsement in 2019. Because I was part of the coalition for that. And I remember he showed up late. I remember... He sounded a little arrogant and kind of curt in his answers and responses, and it kind of just struck me as odd. And so that was my impression of him going in. He won, obviously. And then in 2020, we had the big budget vote, and Ricardo came out absolutely fire. I wanted to go back, but this episode's already getting kind of long. But really, listen to his budget vote from that end of June in 2020. It's emotional. It's insightful. It's impactful, absolute fire. And then, though, you got to juxtapose that to how he acted the following year in 2021, because it was very clear, and then he did eventually formally endorse Kim Janey, and his father also did. So the Arroyos, again, as a political juggernaut in Massachusetts, went behind Kim Janey. And one of the early points of contention within the Boston City Council was whether or not we were going to delay a special election for mayor. Because according to our city charter, we were supposed to have a mayoral election in like the summer and then do it again in the fall. Silly, I was also against it. However, my sources, people a little bit up the food chain from me, explained to me that Ricardo was pushing this as a power play to give Kim Janey more time, which makes sense because Kim Janey just got sworn in as acting mayor. She needs to use the platform and power of the office to get her name out there more, being a district councilor. Of course, she ran an absolutely horrible campaign, didn't actually use the office to its full effects. The rest is history. And so that was the first thing. The second, though, was his complete non-involvement in the budget vote in 2020, where he, again, was barely involved, I think spoke for maybe two and a half minutes trying to give a rather inarticulate defense of why he was now voting for a more or less identical budget than the one he was so passionately against the following year under Marty Walsh. But of course, he was doing that because he did not want to hurt his preferred mayoral candidate, Kim Janey. Of course, Kim Janey doesn't even progress to the general. But now Ricardo comes back on my good side. And during the Mass and Cass debates, one of which being what we do we do at the Roundhouse Hotel, That's right across the street. Ricardo went down there and spoke on the behalf of 
nonprofits, researchers, doctors saying we should use this to provide housing and treatment. That it's ridiculous to have this completely empty hotel right there that we could be using for this. So again, he gets points in that. He's now, of course, running for Suffolk DA. I'm looking at his policy page right now. First thing in terms of a clear priority and qualified immunity for police. Fantastic. The next in terms of a clear policy. Supports the do not charge list. Fantastic. Abolish cash bail for nonviolent offenses. Fantastic. And mandatory minimum sentences. Fantastic. Even though I don't think that's a power his office has, but he's on the right side of that. Great. And he proposed hearings in into the Boston Police Department's secret budget that they were using for reconnaissance and all that nonsense that came about a few months ago. And so in terms of, you know, where does his heart really lie? And I was asked recently uh, by somebody who interviewed me about Michelle, like, you know, aside from politics, what do you think about Michelle? And I had to explain, I don't know who any of these people are. We can't look into the souls of anyone. Just the nature of being a public official means everything you do, I am seeing you through that lens and you are operating under it. And so I've had, I don't know, two or three pleasant, quick conversations with Ricardo. I don't know if he is seeking power to do good in the world, if he's doing it because he feels compelled to because of his family's political history. I don't know. And I can't tell you that about really any public official. And really, all I can do is once you are in power, try to assess, did you use all of the tools at your disposal to do good? And then I judge you based upon that. So what is Ricardo's grade as a Boston City Councilor? C plus, B minus, we'll call it. Is he the best person running for Suffolk DA? Possibly. I haven't looked into the race close enough to make that assessment yet. Will I knock doors for him? Probably not. But again, I might end up recommending people vote and support him. I I don't know yet. We're going to see. And so with that, that is your quick summation, recap, roundup of current District 5 City Councilor Ricardo Arroyo. I hope you learned something. I hope this was maybe a little bit insightful. Next up, of course, we have District 6, Kendra Lara. So that'll be that'll be a blast. <laughs> I'll try to do that relatively soon. I'm currently in Twitter wars with the anti-vaxxers, but we'll definitely get that one out in the next week or two. And actually, I want to reach out to uh, the two people running in the special election for D1, because that is getting absolutely no coverage and I want to make sure that we have some things on records for those two. So who knows? We might have some fun stuff coming up the pipeline. But as always, support the show any way you can. The best way of doing that right now is to either yourself, go to iTunes, give me a five-star review and write a quick review, or grab the iPhones of everyone around you and do it. Because I am, I think, six more reviews away to having the number one most reviewed. I already have the highest rating, but I want all the all the outwardly facing metrics I want to win. I think I need six more to beat the scrum, which I think is currently number one. So make it happen, people. Come on. Um, Other ways to support, my Venmo is in my link tree. You want to send me a couple bucks for a beer? Fantastic. Other than that, hope you enjoyed this. Take care and have a great rest of your day.